Welcome to Daybreak Devotions, a podcast version of the daily radio ministry of the McLeansville Baptist Church with your host, Pastors Mike Barnett and Corey Cantrell. And welcome back once again to the Daybreak Devotions broadcast brought to you by the McLeansville Baptist Church. I'm your host today, Pastor Corey Cantrell. So delighted to be joining you here on Daybreak Devotions. I hope that the solo broadcasts that we've been on over the last couple of days have have been a help to you. Uh, I know this is not my preferred style. I have really come to enjoy and appreciate just the, the ability to kind of converse. You know, I know you as the listener, you're not here in the room with Pastor Mike and myself when we record this, but in a lot of ways it really feels like you are because we know as we're having the conversation format that Eventually, you're going to be tuning in, and you're going to be listening, and so even though you're not here with us in body, I can speak for both of us and say, you are here with us in spirit, and I am looking forward to him being able to be back very soon in the radio room with us to be able to roll right along. But for today, we've got another uh, thought that I'd like to share with you that I had the opportunity to share with our Prayer for Revival crew this past Monday night. And uh, it's just kind of hung around with me, and so I would love to be able to dissect that a little bit together and hopefully all of us be able to glean something out of God's Word. I want to invite you today to turn to John chapter number 15. John chapter number 15. I had the chance a couple of weeks ago to um, conduct a, a wedding ceremony for a young lady that was in my youth group um, at Hope Baptist for, for many years. I think we came to the conclusion that she uh, joined us in fourth grade and stayed with us all the way until the Lord brought me here to McLeansville her senior year of high school. And so I had the opportunity to, to watch this young lady grow up, um, actually meet the young man that, that she was going to marry, and so I was privileged to be able to take part in that wedding ceremony. But when it came time for the charge to the couple, I really felt led of the Lord to to speak on the importance of what it is to truly abide together. And I came from this premise how marriage between, you know, the man and the woman reflects and draws the picture of what it is to have that kind of abiding relationship with Jesus. That so as I am to remain holy and completely dedicated to my wife and Even when I am not physically in her presence, I am to be devoted and she is to have my my heart and my attention and and all of these different things. How the marriage relationship teaches us and and actually shows to us what it is to truly abide in Jesus as well. And I took our text from John chapter number 15. And so we're going to read several of these verses and just glean a few thoughts that the Lord has for us. John 15 verse number 1. Jesus speaking says, I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. 
For without me, you can do nothing. We see the, the hopeless um, life, the hopeless existence, if you will, of somebody trying to live a fruitful life apart from Jesus. It can't be done. You cannot produce the fruit that you were created by God to produce unless you abide continually in Jesus. You will live an ultimately fruitless life. Now, nobody wants to do that. I, I, I do not believe that there is actually a person in life that deep down is like, nope, you know what? I am completely fine with being a nothing my entire life. I am, I am completely fine with leaving no imprint on this world. I'm completely fine with, with accomplishing absolutely nothing, with just living, breathing, and dying and fading into oblivion. Now, there may be people that have, that have just kind of bought into the lie that that's all that their life is going to amount to. There may be people who, through bitterness and brokenness, have adopted that, but there is something down on the inside of every single person that yearns and that craves for a life of meaning. Why? It is because it is a marker and a reminder of God. God has placed that down inside of us because it is part of the void that is exist that existent rather in all of our lives due to our brokenness of fellowship to God. We were created and designed to be fruitful Members of creation. If you think about it like this, the only aspect of creation that does not continue to follow its original created design purpose is the aspect of creation that God created in his own image. You know why birds do what birds do? It's because that's what they were created to do. Plants grow, flowers bloom. All of the, of the natural course of creation fulfills its created and intended purpose. Yet, mankind so often fails in that purpose. Why? Because we try to do it apart from Jesus. We were created to run on God. That is what our, our very fabric of our being was, was created to be energized and moved by, was the nature of God. The only way to be the kind of productive people that God intended for us to be when he breathed life into Adam's nostrils and man became a living soul. The only way to be that kind of a person is what Jesus speaks in verse number five. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringing forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Now, abiding in Jesus is far, far, far more than simply being saved as we use that terminology. It's far more than being born again and being a child of God. It's far more than having Jesus in your heart. And we have to emphasize this because it is so easy to fall into the trap of thinking, I've asked Jesus into my heart, he's inside of me, and therefore I am abiding in him. That's not quite what Jesus is revealing right here. Why? Because otherwise there would not be a, a caution and, and, a, and a word of warning about failing to abide, right? Because when we ask Jesus into our heart to save us, as the terminology goes, there is nothing for us to worry about Jesus 
ceasing to be in our heart and saving us. That, that, that's, that's, a, that's, an, that's an action just like somebody cannot be unborn. You, you, you can't go back into your mother's womb and say, whoop, I never existed. It doesn't work like that. That can't happen. So to abide in Jesus must be more than merely asking him into, into your heart to save you. But rather, it is a deliberate and intentional connection to Christ. It is saying, I am bringing Jesus into every thought, every imagination, every action, every word of every day. Now, that's a tall order. And I'm just going to be the first to tell you, I fail at that. I have a lot of moments, thoughts, actions, and words where I am not abiding in Jesus. And you know what happens in those moments? I'm not bearing the kind of fruit that I ought to be bearing. But when I am dwelling in His presence, when I am living and acting and conducting myself as if He was literally standing in the room right beside me, now I'm abiding in Him. I'm dwelling in Him. And I can enter into being a fruitful person. The word of caution comes in verse number 6, which says, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth, excuse me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Why? Because they're useless. Branches are intended to be connected to trees so that they can glean the nutrients necessary to hold the fruit that the tree is producing. But when the branch is disconnected from the tree, now it withers and it's good for nothing. It's not fulfilling its, its purpose. And Jesus is saying, so is the believer that is not abiding in me. He's not fruitful. He's not conducive for the kingdom. He's failing to live up to his potential. But, verse 7, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. We find another key of powerful prayer revealed in John chapter number 15. I love how Jesus kind of slides this one in right here. Because up to this point, he's really been talking about our actions. The life that we live and... The, the fruit and the result of that life and, and all of that kind of stuff is really what he's been driving up to at this point. But then he, it's almost like he throws a curveball in right here and says, but hey, while you're focusing on how you're acting, don't forget, abiding in me is also the key to powerful prayer. You know, we looked the other day, First John chapter number 5, how if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that, he, that we have the petitions that we desired of him. And the key to that being asking according to God's will. You want to know what God's will is for your life? Abide in Jesus. You'll know what the will is. You'll know how to pray powerfully. Because you will not be praying in your own words, but you will be praying through the power of the Spirit. That's what... Ephesians 5 is talking about where it says, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. To be filled, controlled, uh, maneuvered by. That comes from abiding in Jesus. They are, they are similar 
acts. They, they, they work off of one another. As I am filled with the Spirit, I deeper my connection to Jesus. As I abide more in Jesus, I acquire more of the filling of the Spirit. They go hand in hand together. And the key to all of it is living my life in such a way to where I am truly believing as if I am practicing, or rather, let me say that differently, living my life as if I am putting into practice what I say that I believe. Because so many of us would say, yeah, Brother Corey, I, I get it. I, I, I believe that Jesus is with me right now. But we don't actually put into practice as if we believe that was the case. We don't live as if we believe Jesus was with us right now. And it is why so many times we give in to aggravation. We give in to those besetting sins. We give in to sloth. We give in to idolatry. We give in to all of these other things that are screaming for our attention because we lose sight of the fact that Jesus is with me right now. We are failing to abide in him. But as I abide, I'll begin to find the strength necessary to win the victory in the battles that I'm facing today. Why do so many people live defeated lives? They're not abiding in Jesus. Why do so many believers live scattered and pulled lives? Because they're not abiding in Jesus, even as children of God. They're not abiding in him. Verse number 8, Jesus goes on to say, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. When we live the kind of life and produce the kind of fruit that we were created to do, there is no greater way that we glorify the Father. In fact, if we take this literally at what it's saying, there is no other way to glorify the Father in our lives. If we're not fruit-bearing people, producing from a life of abiding in Jesus what we were created to produce, God's not glorified in our lives. Now, again, we've got to hone in on the severity of this. This carries major implications. It is high time that we wake up and get serious about the way and the manner in which we live our lives. To know that I cannot, not it's harder, not it's more difficult, not it's slightly more challenging, I cannot glorify God in my life apart from being consumed by Jesus in every thought, in every action, in every day. Now, this is a growth process, right? You take a you take a you take a seed, and it, it's going to grow, and you're going to get you're going to get uh, sprouts and all that kind of stuff. But that plant is very fragile. It's connected to the source of nutrients, but it it's got a lot of growing to do. It's got a lot of maturing and a lot of developing to do. And child of God, let me just go ahead and encourage you. Don't beat yourself up about how much you don't abide in Jesus. That's not the point of John chapter number 15. Jesus doesn't want you to focus on how horrible of a job that you're doing. 
Jesus wants you to start from where you're at and, deter- and determine to do a better job in the future than what you did yesterday. I'm going to abide in Jesus more today than I did yesterday. Every single day of our life, that should be our goal. What happens if we mess up and we don't make our goal? It's okay. The same goal is tomorrow. I am going to abide more in Jesus than I did yesterday. And listen, if we abide in Jesus for 22 hours today, you know what my goal should be tomorrow? I am going to abide in Jesus more today than I did yesterday. See, it is a constant growth. It is a constant goal. I am thankful to know that one day in eternity, we'll have it nailed down. We'll be completed. We'll be perfected. And we will fully 100% abide in Jesus. We will be consumed by him and the old man will be completely cast away outside of our life. He won't be a part of us anymore and we will be given wholly and completely to Christ. And that's going to be a wonderful day, but we're not there yet. We're not at that point yet. So what do we need to do? We need to grow in this. We need to develop in this. He gives the, the, the significance of the, of the growing in verse number 9. He says, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. That's what we're after. We are after continuing in the love of Jesus. How do we continue in his love? We keep his commandments. Okay, what were his commandments? You remember that rich young ruler came to him and asked him, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said, the greatest commandment is this, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. How do we abide in Jesus? How do we continue in that? We love God above all else. Everything else pales in comparison to our love and devotion for God. Everything. Brother Corey, what about this? Everything. Brother Corey, what about my family? Everything. Okay, okay, Brother Corey, what about, listen, it does not matter what you fill in that blank. If we are going to abide in Jesus and we are going to have to continue in Him, we are going to have to love God above all else. That's the encouragement that Jesus gives us. And what do we get out of it? Verse number 11. When we do this, Jesus says, My joy might remain in you, and your joy might be full. We only stand to gain from total devotion to God. It costs us nothing compared to what we gain as a result of it. So, friends, my encouragement to you today is this. Go out, determine... Lord, I'm going to abide in you more today than I did yesterday. Make that a part of your daily prayer every morning. Lord, I'm going to abide in you more today than I did yesterday. Friends, thank you for joining us today. I hope that you have a wonderful remainder of your day. We'll see you next time. And we 
thank you for joining us on today's program. We hope that you'll tune in with us each and every day right here on Daybreak Devotions as Pastor Mike and I will discuss various topics in God's Word. If you've got any questions, comments, we would love to hear from you at daybreakdevotion at gmail.com.